0: Good morning. It's great to be back here at Christ Community Church, and we are so grateful at uh, Go International for your involvement in our lives and in our ministry. We couldn't do what we're doing around the world without you. And I am personally grateful that uh, you allow Keith to be on our board of directors. His leadership has been tremendous uh, there with us as we have faced some challenging times in a a tough economy. Do you guys know it's a tough economy? Anyone know that? Great, interesting time to be a part of a mission organization. But God is alive. Do you guys realize that? He's still in control. And when we trust him, he provides in ways that um, are just beyond our imagination. And I'm so thankful for the ministry of Christ Community Church and all that you have done for us. And what a blessing you have been to the people around the world. Uh, you guys made a major investment in us just a few weeks ago, uh, helping to provide some bicycles. Uh, for some church planters uh, in Zimbabwe. And uh, I got this phone call a few months ago, and I asked this partner in Zimbabwe, I said, what's the, what's the way we can help you and bless you? So said, we've got church planters who are walking everywhere they go, and if we could just get some bicycles to them, it would change their lives. And I want to thank you for being a part of that transformation. They were so thrilled and excited with the bicycles that you bought, and you're sending some pastors on their way even today. ...as they're uh, blessing them with those bicycles. Turning your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. and uh, We're going to begin reading uh, today in about verse 12. But to kind of give you a little bit of context of what's taking place... ...so we understand where we're at and, and what's going on. Uh, we find in Judges chapter 6 verse 1... ...that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Not a new thing there, right? I mean, if you read through the Old Testament... Uh, even though you're going through the New Testament right now, you'll find out this is kind of a theme for the children of Israel. They, they just kind of, sometimes they're really strong and sometimes they're not, and they'll be going really good for a while and they'll be cruising and then all of a sudden they just decide to do evil in the sight of the Lord and, and God doesn't put up with it. God doesn't allow that. And so we find out in verse 1 that so God delivered the children of Israel into the, to the hands of the Midianites for, for seven years. And so they've been doing evil in the sight of the Lord, so God says that's enough and I'll go put up with that. And for seven years he puts them under oppression. And so what begins to happen is here's how God begins to oppress the, the children of Israel. They're kinda on the run and they're hanging out in caves trying to hide, but they gotta do something while they're hiding out. They've got to eat, right? Kind of get used to that, don't you? And so so they're kinda out tilling the ground and planting stuff and and so the way God oppressed the children of Israel during this time of seven-year oppression was about the time things were beginning to sprout and beginning to grow, and, and they were ready, ready to harvest there, the Midians, Midianites would encamp against them, and the Israel, they'd just go take all their produce and all their, their food and all their livestock, and just you know it'd be all gone. And, and so the Israelites would wake up in the morning going, what just happened? Have you ever asked that question? I mean, have you ever been just kind of cruising through life and you're out working hard and trying to do your part and, and uh, just kind of work hard and be faithful to what you're doing? All of a sudden you're like, what just happened here? <laughs> and that's the way the children of Israel woke up every, every time something was about to come on. And they, and they began to be oppressed. And, and so the people were so oppressed, the scripture tells us, that uh, they were impoverished. There wasn't any for them to go around, which was a problem. They're working, they're working, and someone else is taking everything. They're being ambushed. And then they begin to cry out to God. Remember what happens every time the children of Israel, Anytime we cry out to God and we've been doing things our way. We cry out to God and God hears our prayer. And so God begins to raise up a leader, probably the most unlikely leader that we're going to see in Scripture. If you know the story of Gideon really well, you know that sometimes God doesn't always choose the people that everyone else is going to choose and not always choose the people who think that they're the man or the woman to do it, right? God raises up people and so... Let's pick up the reading, and so God begins to chastise the children of Israel and says, "Listen, you've not obeyed my voice, and that's why these things have been happening." Now let's pick up verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, "The Lord is with you, speaking to Gideon. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor." And Gideon said to him, "O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us, and where are all His miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt?" But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? I love this imagery that takes place in this story because, as I mentioned, the children of Israel, they're being oppressed by all that's happening to them. And then all of a sudden, God selects an individual and says, Listen, Gideon... I've chosen you. You've got the favor of God on you. My hand is upon you. And 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 like a lot of us in a reluctant leaders at that moment would be sitting there going just like getting did wait a minute. If God's hand is upon me to lead these children of Israel and, and God's blessing is on me, and here's a question, I'm not making this up. He says this. Why is all this happening? Now, I don't know about you, but I just circled that in my Bible. <laughs> because there have been times in my life where I felt like, God, I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to serve you. I, 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 I didn't necessarily volunteer for this position. And you've called me. You've placed me in this place of leadership. and And, Lord, I don't understand why if you've called me to this moment, at this moment right now, for a time such as this, Why is all this stuff happening? If we don't understand that question, we may miss out on something substantial that God wants to do. In fact, I'm going to guess that there may be even some of you here today that you're asking questions that are similar. You're sitting there back going, what what just happened there? You may be asking another question. How how, how did this happen? Uh, You know, we were just kind of cruising along through life, and then boom, just like been been hit with something how how did it even happen the children of israel they wake up and they're going where's all the 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 food that was supposed to be coming on right now and how did this happen and and then 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 comes the big question is where we start doubting our faith and we start saying god why is this happening it must be me it it must be i made a wrong turn or or something if we don't understand the why something's happening we're going to miss out on how gods can use us and the whole time at the beginning of the story god's saying to gideon i've chosen you I've got my hand upon you. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And meanwhile, Gideon's going, who? Me? How can that be? Because all this stuff's happened in my life and it's not good. Well, today, if you have your your your, your handout, I want you to, to look at this story with me. And, and I want to share with you uh, five reasons that things may be happening in your life. Not just in your life, but maybe even in the church. Five reasons. And I think if we understand these five reasons... We'll begin to understand the way God works and, and we won't be caught off guard when God says, listen, uh, my hand is with you. I'm going to use you and you're going to do something great. And we're sitting back going, wait, well, this, all this stuff's happening in my life. How can that happen? I can't do that. I can't be used by God. Number one, let me let me suggest to you today that things happen in our life to fulfill God's purpose and plan in our life. Things happen to us in life to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan. Now, I want you to see in the story of Gideon and the children of Israel, uh, the, the children of Israel did make a mistake. And sometimes things just happen in our lives because we make unwise decisions and we make bad decisions or we don't honor the Lord. Or we don't do what's right. But that's not always the case. If that is the case, then you got to fix that first, right? we we got we to gotta get things straightened out with God. If we've made a mistake, if we've sinned, if we've gone in the wrong direction, we got to get back on track. But everything that's happening to the children of Israel right now is happening because God has a purpose and God has a plan. And he's trying to get them back on track to where God wants them to be. John chapter 15 verse 25 says, but this happened that the word might be fulfilled. Go to John chapter 19 verse 24. Again, the scripture says, this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled. Matthew chapter 21, verse 4. This happened that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. And I'm just going to give you a couple of those. But if you begin to read through the Bible, you'll find this amazing phraseology that begins to be developed in the New Testament or in the Old Testament. Everything that's happening is happening because back in the Old Testament, God prophesied this was going to happen. And so as you begin to read about the birth of Christ, you know, you just came through Christmas a few weeks ago. And, and and everything that happens, it says, and this happened that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Everything that happened in the Christmas story happened. Why? So that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Even when Joseph and Mary are on the run because Herod's trying to destroy them. And we think, how's this happening? Mary could be sitting there going, why is this happening? What just happened? Why is this happening? If, if God came to me and said, Oh, Mary, highly favored one, God is with you. Why is this stuff happening to me? You know what the Scripture says? To fulfill God's plan. It was all part of God's plan. Well, then you get to the end of Jesus' earthly life, not the end of his life, but the end of his earthly life here on earth, and you find that these people are turning against Jesus and falsely accusing him and doing all these kind of things, and Jesus could have said, Oh, how do you like that? You come to earth, and this is what you get. And what he says is, you know, he's not saying, oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? He knows why it's happening. And every time his disciples say, Lord, Jesus, you don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. He's like, no, no, this has to happen so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, one of the things I love about God and and his son, Jesus, and, and the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives is God's not caught off guard by what's happening in your life. Let me say that again. God's not caught off guard by what's happening in your life and in your circumstances right now. God knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. He's not forgotten you. He's not failed you. The things that happen in our lives oftentimes happen to fulfill God's purpose and plan in their life. Have you ever heard of a guy named Job? Poor Job, right? These terrible things are happening to the life of, of Job. Surely God must have forgotten Job. Did God ever forget Job? No. no. In fact, God had a purpose and plan. In fact, he, 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 he threw out Job as a, as a volunteer. Don't you, don't you love it when God volunteers you for something that you didn't, you didn't volunteer for? And he's saying, Look, hey, you're looking around the room, and I'm saying, hey, hey check out Job here because he's got it together. He's, he, something's happening in his life, and he can be trusted. And, and, and Job's like, I didn't volunteer for this. Remember, the, remember what God said to Gideon? You're highly favored one, I've chosen you, my hand's upon you, I'm going to use you. And, and Job's like, wait a minute, if, if, that's ha- if God's hand's upon my life, why is all this bad stuff happening? Listen, it's happening to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan. And at the end of the story, in the life of Job, we find that he's stronger and God used him in great and mighty ways. Why? Because he went through the stuff that was happening in his life. That's why God used him. He went through God's purpose and he went through God's plan. And because he did, God used him. So why why do things happen in our lives? Number one, to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan. Number two, to teach us to rely on God and not ourselves. To teach us to rely on God and not ourselves. The greatest problem, one of the greatest problems in leadership today, and especially in the church, is when we find ourselves in a in a tight situation or tough situation, what do we do? We pull our minds together and say, What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get out of this? How are we gonna fix this problem? You know, I love one of the Old Testament kings, he cried out, he was, he was in the midst of a situation, he didn't know what to do. No idea what to do. That's a bad, bad circumstance to be in as a leader. When you're like, everyone's looking at you and you have no idea what to do. And he speaks up and he says, oh God, we don't know what to do. I mean, I'm, I wonder at that point if people are going, oh man, we got the wrong leader. And then he says this, but our eyes are on you. You know what that's a sign of? A leader who's not saying, okay, I've got this together and, and I'll, we'll, I'll walk you through this and everything will be just fine. Gideon's asking the same question. He's like, wait, me, Lord? I'm, I'm the weakest of all the pe- we- weakest people. There's no way. I'm on the, the smallest clan. I have all these reasons why I can't be used to be a leader. And God loves to choose people to be used for his kingdom that aren't relying on themselves. They're, they're relying on God. I love the story in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, and Paul writes these words. He says, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. And that's not good, is it? Now, here's our word again. But this happened. What happened? Feeling the sense of death. That we might not rely on ourselves, but God who raises the dead. You know, sometimes God takes us through a classroom. A course in life where we're to learn in this season not to be dependent upon ourselves, but upon God. And, and, you know, sometimes we look at ourselves and say, well, yeah, I I can do this and I can do that. And I've got this gift and it's a God-given gift. Or I've got this ability and it's a God-given ability. And and I could do this and I could do that. But God doesn't like us at a place where we're looking at ourselves going, I can, I could. What he likes us is, is being in that place where we're saying, God... I can't, but you can. I I, I'm, I, I don't have the ability. I, I've moved that place in my life. I mean, I, I've got to the place in leading uh, this ministry called Go International and pastoring a little church there in Wilmore that, man, it's, out, it's, it's beyond me. God, if you want to choose to use me, that's great, but unless you come through, I don't got it. I can't, but God can And when we get to that place where we realize, I can't do this. In fact, some of you may even be there today. You're like, I can't do this any longer. I can't carry this load any longer. Why are these things happening to me? And God's saying, listen, one of the reasons why things happen is so that we don't rely on ourselves, but we rely on God. Isaiah chapter 31, verse 1, it says this, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in the horsemen, uh, because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. When I first went into missions uh, many years ago, uh, Cheryl and I had two kids at the time, and, and we were very small, and, and we had these prayer cards. I've got some of our brand-new prayer cards out in the, in the lobby. Pick up one and pray for our family. But we had to pick a verse of Scripture that went with our prayer card. And, and you know, God, people had all kinds of verses of Scripture. But God took me to a verse of Scripture in the Psalms where David said this, some trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And God said to me, Bert, that's for you and that's for your family. And I've never forgot that verse of scripture. Because as I began to think about how, how do you raise money to, to go do God's work and be living by faith and, and trusting God for everything and all those kind of things, it was beyond me. I can't, Lord, I can't do it. But I knew God was calling me and I knew God was asking me to step out about 20 years ago into this role and this type of ministry and, and just trusting him. But God has taught me that the things that happen in my life happen to teach me to rely on God and not on myself. I, I love the third reason that things happen in our lives, not only to fulfill God's purpose and plan and not only to teach us to rely on God and not ourselves, but the Bible also teaches us that things happen in our lives to simply advance the gospel. You know, I mentioned with the guys the other night that one of the greatest understandings that I've picked up recently about the Bible is the book's not about us, it's about God. And we read it many times like, okay, what does it want to say to me in my circumstance, in my situation? And what you need to realize, it will change the way you read the scripture. If you begin to read this book, this is a book about God who wants to reveal himself to you and wants you to understand him and his ways. And and sometimes the things that happen in our lives are happening just simply to advance the gospel. If it's all about me, then I'm sitting around going, why is this happening to me? I'm being suppressed or, or this bad thing's happening. Why is this happening to me? And if we begin to see, have the eyes to see and let the Lord open up our eyes to what he's doing and begin to understand why the things are happening, we'll begin to understand, you know what? God's going to use this to advance the gospel. God's going to use this to advance the kingdom. Remember, he said a few moments ago that when Jesus came, everything happened to fulfill God's purpose and plan. So even Calvary was to fulfill God's purpose and plan. And then we find this verse of scripture in Matthew chapter 27 at, at the crucifixion of Jesus, verse 54, it says this when the centurion and those with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake, and and underline this in your Bible, and all that had happened. Isn't that good? I mean, the Jewish people didn't catch it. The people that were looking for a Messiah didn't see it. It took a Roman centurion who saw what happened to understand, surely this was the Son of God. Now, remember the Bible tells us that Jesus could have called 10,000 angels. Remember that? And if he'd called 10,000 angels, what would have happened? Nothing. You say, wait a minute, if he called the 10,000 angels, they'd come. Well, yeah, they would come and they would release Jesus from this circumstances he was in and the things that God had purposed and planned would never have happened. And you never have a centurion going, Wow, did you see what just happened? This must be the Son of God. How many of you like to be in, 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 in not an actual prison, but a prison in life? We just feel constrained. And and we find the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one, verse twelve, and he finds himself in prison. Man. Surely he's going to start off his book and tell us how bad things are, and maybe even begin to ask the question: say, God, I, you called me on the, on, the, on the Damascus Road, and you said you would use me, and you were going to make me a light to the Gentiles, and, and, and the, the unreached people of the world were going to begin to hear the message of the gospel through me, and God, now I'm stuck in this prison. Why is this happening? And in our natural mind, in our natural understanding, we say, nothing can happen. I'm here in prison. But listen to what Paul says. Now, I want you to know. It sounds like a guy who's pretty confident, doesn't it? I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, there's our phrase, what has happened to me has really served to what? Advance the gospel. He goes on in verse 19. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Wait a minute, Paul, you're in prison. You should be asking yourself this question. Why is all this happening to me? And Paul's in prison. He's saying, this is going to advance the gospel. And he says this, I will greatly rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. You see, your attitude when things happen in your life will either advance the gospel or be a hindrance. You're, just your attitude towards what's happening. And, and, and other people are going to be looking on and watching and say, wow, I can't believe what just happened to them. Did you hear? Did you hear about the, the trial that they're going through? Did you hear about the circumstance? Oh, my word, I, I can't believe what just happened to them. And other people are watching on. And your attitude in the midst of what's happening in your life will either advance the gospel and they'll say, wow, I wish I had that kind of strength. I wish I had that kind of peace. I wish I knew that presence of Jesus in their life that they did, that's getting them through what happened. Or because we're saying, oh, what happened to me? I can't believe this. I trusted God. I said, God, I'd follow you. And he, he said he, for me to go, he says, hand was upon my life. And, and now look at what's happened to me. And people go, wow, I, I don't want to be a part of that. Either advance or a hindrance. You see, what happened uh, to you may give you a chance To advance the kingdom of God. Now, some of you may have walked in here and not thought about that. You may not be thinking about this morning, wow, I got a chance to advance the kingdom here. But the reality is that every one of us today, no matter what's happening in our lives, we have a chance to advance the kingdom of God. Find that illustration in Acts chapter 20 where Paul gathers together the Ephesian elders, and he his farewell speech, and he says, you yourselves know how I lived among you. The whole time from the very first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with all tears and trials, the things that happened to me. Verse 22 says, now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. But then he says in verse 27, now he's saying all this stuff's happened to me, and I don't know what's going to happen when I get to Jerusalem, although the Holy Spirit's telling me it's not going to be good. But then he says this, For I, I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And what he's saying is, okay, stuff happened to me in my life. I'm going to try to not rely on myself. I'm going to rely on God. And I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to understand God's purpose and God's perspective. And, but I want to advance the kingdom of God. And so I'm not going to hold back no matter where I'm at to use this opportunity to proclaim God's goodness. Number four, things happen in our lives so that we may see the power of God at work in our lives. I mean, if I, if I came to you this morning, we, we weren't talking in the context of stuff happening and probably not good things happening in our lives. If I said, how many of you want to see the power of God working in your life? Who would you raise your hand? You want to see the power of God at work in your lives? Okay. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10-11. You, however, know about all my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystria and the persecutions, I endured. And yet, the Lord rescued me from them all. I mean, it's as if Paul saying, let me, let me tell you about the power of God that's at work in our lives. And we want to see the power of God, but we don't want to go through the problem. We don't want to go through the persecution. We want we want God to hand over to us power and might and strength. And he's saying to Gideon, listen, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. What? How am I going to get that power? How am I going to get that strength? I mean, I'm going to need the biggest army I can get and I'm going to see I'm going to need this huge thing because I can't do this on my own. And God said, "Okay, Gideon, I'm going to use you. You got too many men. I got I got I got, get rid of so many soldiers for you." What? I need I can't and Again, Gideon, way too many people. And 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 God takes Gideon's army and just keeps shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it, and shrinking it. And Gideon's like, What on earth are you doing, God? You know, the amazing thing about God is when we get when we shrink back in something and we lose something, we think we can't win. You know, real literally that God was victorious to the children of Israel at times when a mother stood up with a wooden spoon. And led a charge into battle, and they won. There were times where where God would say, "You're not even gonna need to fight this, and I'll fight it for you." And, and hail would come out of heaven, and 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 God would just chase off the armies, or rivers would begin to stream back over and chase them away. And and we sometimes think, well, you know, I got to have this, I got to have that. I wonder at those moments when you know when they're leaving the, Egypt and all those kind of things, if and they're going through all this time, or they're thinking, Maybe hey, maybe we should have stayed and I wonder if they did the right thing, if, if they're sitting back there going, wow, did you see the power of God there? If we hadn't gone out in the wilderness, we, we may not have seen that. If you want to see the power of God, then we, we have to understand that, that God delivers us. I love the blind man in, in John chapter 9. It says, who sinned? I mean, who, who was the one that caused this sin? And, and Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened. I love this verse. But this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. Something bad happened to you recently? And you're sitting back going, why did this happen? Jesus said, sometimes it happens so that the work of God can be displayed in our lives. Remember the story of Lazarus? When the, the word comes to Jesus, his disciples, he said, you've got, you got to uh, get to Lazarus. If you don't get there soon, he's going to die. And, and Jesus says to the disciples, nope. Uh, this isn't the sickness unto death. This is a kind of sickness so that the power of God may be revealed. I, I've discovered in the last few years in my life that <clears throat> stuff happens. Stuff happens. But when it does, and I understand God's purpose and God's plan, and when I don't rely on myself, I begin to rely on God and and i try to look for any way that i can use to advance us to the kingdom of god i will begin to see the power of god in my lives uh, the fifth reason sometimes things happen to take us on a deeper journey sometimes things happen in our lives to take us on a on a deeper journey galatians chapter 1 verses 13 and 16 says this, and you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how violently I persecuted the Christian. I did my best to get rid of them. I was one of the most religious Jews of my own age, and I tried as hard as possible to follow the old traditions of my religion. And I love verse 15. This is the New Living Translation. It says this, but then something happened. But then something happened. What happened, Paul? I was blinded by a light on the Damascus Road. I couldn't see. I went through, through times of, of persecution. I went through times where they are trying to wipe me out and eliminate me and, and remove me from the equation. And there were times because I was such a persecutor uh, of the gospel and the, of Christianity, no one wanted to be around me and no one trusted me and no one wanted to answer the call of God in their life. But he says this. Here's, just, here's one of the greatest testimonies I've seen in all the Bible. Then something happened that transformed his life. And Paul goes on a deeper journey. And then he says in in, in verse 16, But then something happened, for it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me, even before I was born. What undeserved mercy! Then he revealed his Son to me. There's the deeper experience. See, a lot of us are going through what's happening and we're asking, why why is this happening? What happened? Why is this continuing to happen? And we're missing out on what God's trying to do and God's trying to invite us into a deeper encounter and a revelation of his son, Jesus Christ. And we're so busy not seeing God's point of view and God's perspective that we just keep on, it just has to keep on happening in our lives because we're not seeing what God's doing. I get this, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was coming home from Columbia and uh, my wife calls me the night before we're on Skype, and I'm leaving Columbia, and she's like, "Honey, I don't think you're going to get home." Well, That's a good word to hear from your wife, you know. And like, did God give you, reveal this to you in a dream last night? She said, "No, no, no." She said, "There's terrible storms coming through Atlanta and snow and all that kind of stuff, and and they're canceling all the flights. I don't think you're going to get home." And I'm like, "Okay, we need to start praying." So I, I get on Facebook and send out a word. I need everyone praying for me. I'm coming home from Columbia tomorrow, and I need people praying for me. And and I'm, I'm walking them just knowing. I get up the next morning at 4 a.m. to get on that flight. And I get on the flight and say, God, I'm not getting home tonight to be with my family unless you come through. And, you know, God did some miraculous things. And, and so I <clears throat> was the last flight, the last flight out of Atlanta. God answers prayer, doesn't he? And I was so glad to be home with my wife. And so we've got this huge team of 18 in Peru at the same time. I'm coming in Sunday night, and they're coming in on on Monday night. And so I get this phone call on Monday that 2,000 uh, airplanes have been canceled out of Atlanta, and everyone's stuck in Peru. Now, think about that. Just think for a moment. I just ask you to go on a mission trip with us, and, and you go, and you take off time from work, and you've been delayed. It's not a good thing, is it? And, and so it's uh, no problem because, you know, if you get bumped on a plane... They're going to they're gonna get you on another plane, except when you cancel 2,000 flights out of Atlanta and there's one flight going into Lima and one flight coming out. And they said to our team leader, Ron Half, who was just here just a few weeks ago, they said, um, <clears throat> yeah, we can get you back in. It will be 10 days from now. And and I started getting these phone calls from people going, what's happening? Okay, <laughs> why is this happening? And so I immediately began to Skype Ron and say, well... It's because your prayer life's not strong. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I said, look, here, here's some things I want to tell you. We, we, want, we need to be in communication. We're going to be in communication with our, our parents and all these people. These people have to go back to work and school, and they're telling us, we can't get these people back to the United States for 10 days. And it ended up, the end of the story was, it took, them eight, it took us eight days to get this team out. But every day, I kept, I kept calling Ron and say, listen, you, we want to be asking this one question God, what are you doing? What are you saying? There's a reason for why this is happening. There is a reason why this is not a mistake that God made. God is not up in heaven going, oh no, what am I going to do? 18 people in Peru. <laughs> Two high school kids who have to go back to school. They're actually, they're probably the reason why it happened. They're like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best part about it, they can say, I would have been here at school, but I was on a mission trip serving Jesus, okay? And so I said, Ron, let's, let's, here's what we'll do. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Let's just say, God, what are you doing every day? And and so they begin to go out to the projects, and they go out to spend time with these orphaned children, some of the severely abused and and, and abandoned children there in the streets of Peru, and they begin to love on them in the name of Jesus. And so we get home. They get home, and they're just glad to be home. They spend an extra eight days in Peru. And the next day, Ron forwards me an email from a, a University of Kentucky student who happened to be on this trip. And she said, if I could get back on that plane and go back today, I would. Just a few days later, we received an email from her saying, God's calling me back to work with those street children in Peru. Why does stuff happen? I don't know. It may have been that God needed 18 people to stay an extra eight days in Peru so that one girl Would see God move in her heart, be touched by the Holy Spirit, and say, I'll go, Lord. Can I tell you something this morning? Stuff happens. Sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's painful. It hurts. We're like, God, if your hand's upon me, why is all this happening? It's happening for a reason. And what I pray for you today, no matter what your struggle, what you're juggling and struggling with today, is you'll begin to understand his purpose and his plan. That you won't rely on yourself, but you'll begin to rely on God in the midst of that that problem and that circumstance while things are happening. That you'll begin to advance the gospel just because you want to be a witness where you're at and what you're going through. And I pray this, that you'll begin to see the power of God at work in your lives. And he will take you on a much deeper journey with him that someday in your life you'll say, stuff happened in my life and I am so thankful because if I hadn't been stuck in Peru for those eight extra days, I would have never got that call to be used by God. Or if this hadn't happened in my life, I wouldn't have met this person. Or if this hadn't happened in my life, this would have never happened and this would have never happened and I would never be where God wants me to be today. Here's the closing. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, do not be despi- surprised at the painful trials that you were suffering as though something strange were happening to you. It's not strange. It's God's strategic plan. It's not strange. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray for the person in this room who this message was for. Lord, they're going through something right now and they're saying, why is this happening? Lord, I stepped out, I followed you. Why is this happening, Lord? And I pray today that the sweet presence of Jesus would come over us and we would see what we don't see. We would trust you. And I pray, Lord, as the worship team leads us in this closing song, that Lord, there may someone here You'd give them the courage just to come up here and kneel around the altar and just say, God, I need you right now. I need you in the midst of what's happening in my life. And Lord, they would turn over to you their circumstances, their situations, and that, God, you would meet them right here. Lord, as we stand and as we sing, help us to be obedient as we hear your voice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.